0: Tonight here at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue in our ABC uh, sermon series. And and tonight's letter is O, which stands for Orphan. That whether you've had a good family or, or not good family, whether you've had both parents in the home, whether you had both parents that were Christians, or you had one parent at home, or maybe you don't have any parents in your home. That it's not until later on in life that we realise that God is our Father. So we pick up these orphan characteristics because we don't realise that, that God is real and God is loving and God is our Father in heaven. Now, you know, there's certain ways that we, we view life and we view God and we view other people. You know, An orphan's view is that we look at God as this judge. He's harsh. He's trying to send us to hell all the time. He's disapproved of my actions even when I'm on my best behavior. And, you know, but when you, you're looking at it as a son or a daughter of God, that you've been adopted into His kingdom, that you have this loving Father who always accepts you and, and approves you. you know, and in Romans 8, it says that we're waiting for the spirit of adoption. That we get adopted into the family of God because Jesus had laid down his life, that he is our, our brother, that he is the very reason that we have come to know that God is the Father, because He was the payment of our sins, that through God's love he sent the perfect sacrifice for us to have freedom and for us to have communion with the Father. That up until Jesus, that God, you know, was there and he spoke to people, but you know, they viewed him as very distant. And you know and some people say that the old testament god is is harsh but if you really look at it you know he gave them hundreds of years to repent and, and turn from their sin and, and he constantly provided and he constantly got them out of trouble and he constantly was there so the loving nature of the father was always there but a true loving father disciplines as well you know it, if we have kids and we don't discipline them they, they grow up like us. <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is is that sometimes that we we understand that God is our father, but we have father wounds and things get mixed up, you know, and there's times that we believe that He's loving, but He doesn't quite understand what we're going through and He's very detached. You know, we believe that we're set free from our sin, but yet He still wants me to struggle and suffer. You know, so sometimes that we are coming out of our orphan mentality and into sonship or daughtership, but we're still in the in between because one minute I'm good with grace and the next minute I'm under the law, you know, and I bounce back and forth. You know, and when I look at my sin, I'm always guilty. I always have condemnation. I'm always in this place of conviction. You know, I, I get depressed pretty frequently because I, I can't perform. I can't hold up myself up to what God expects me to, to to do and to be. You know, that I have to pay this penance. You know, God is making me suffer for my past mistakes. I know it. You know, I am almost I feel cursed sometimes, you know, that this orphan mentality, you know, keeps us stuck in this place of bondage. But when we look at God through the the lens, you know, of sonship and daughtership, you know, that we look at sin in a different way that we are forgiven we're forgiven why we're forgiven because of the blood of jesus you know that doesn't mean that we don't commit more sins and need to repent again but his grace is sufficient his grace is true his grace is real that many of us struggle with his grace because of this orphan son daughter mentality that when i make a mistake i instantly go into this depression, and, and I have to earn my way back to God where, you know, mercy is new every morning and His grace is sufficient. That it doesn't give us a license to go and sin and do whatever we want to do, but it's realistic that I can instantly step back into the favor of God, you know, like David did in the Old Testament, that he came before Him and repented and said, I've sinned against you and you alone, O Father, O God, O Lord, you know, and, and you know, and he David was known as a man after God's own heart, and he did. You know, he he, he was a, considered a murderer and an adulterer, and you know, you know, in various things he was a poor father. You know, he didn't deal with his kids well. And, you know, he didn't deal with his kingdom well in, in certain aspects. You know, but yet he's known as a a man after God's own heart, and that's pre Jesus. Why? Because he understood repentance and he understood the Father's love. You know, so when we understand. That we're free of sin, in a sense, because of the blood of Jesus. That that is the ultimate sacrifice. I can't earn my way back. You know, a lot of times, you know, I sin. I got to read on Bible more. You know, I, I sin. I got to pray more. I sin. That I got to do something. You know, and and that's not what Jesus is telling us. That it is finished. It's been paid for. My sin is under the blood of Jesus. You know, you know, the cross is paid for it all. You know, and then you know if there's a mixture. You know, you—it's so funny as I watched it through the years, and I did it myself. You know, so I, I'm a recovered Pharisee, in a sense, is that I'm an absolute detestable sinner, and then I get saved by grace, and then I become very judgmental against anybody else that has sin, and I become very judgmental of other Christians that have sin, and I become very judgmental to other ministries if they don't align with my thinking of what should be right. You know, so I I understand that God is there, and I understand sin, but I I lose part of it of God's grace in the midst of it. You know that you know I feel higher than others, and and then I feel lower than others. You know it's, I I flip flop. It depends on you know if I'm sinning that day or not. You know, so therefore I have this really high standard, and then all of a sudden I have this really low standard when I'm not reaching up to my understanding of how I should be walking free from sin. So then I change my own standard, but then keep everybody else up to this high standard. So I'm judging you and then bringing you low, and I lower my standard so I can come high. So I have this hierarchy in my mind because I don't understand sin in the context that I've been adopted into the kingdom of God because of the blood of Jesus. You know you know prayer it's difficult for me to pray when i'm an orphan why because i don't know who my father is who am i talking to i don't know he's not here he's not paying attention he doesn't love me he's far off he's distant you know it's hard i don't know what to pray about you know he's not listening anyway you know and then i flip-flop that it's performance i'm praying all the time you know if i pray all the time you know i gotta pray i gotta pray i gotta pray but i'm not saying anything either I'm, i'm going through the motions of prayer It's religious rhetoric, you know, I'm reciting certain verses over and over and over again, but I'm not having an intimate conversation with my daddy. I'm going through the motions of religion, even though I'm still praying, but it's not intimate. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not able to hear him either, because I'm not really having a conversation. I'm naming and claiming, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and then next thing you know, when my prayers aren't answered my way... I'm no good. It's, you know, God's not paying attention to me. You know, woe is me. You know, that prayer becomes this very difficult thing. But when I understand prayer as a son or a daughter, it's the first thing I do. It's not the last thing I do. I can talk to him all throughout the day, I hear his voice more clearly. You know, he's. He's constantly chiming in. He's constantly directing me. I, I'm starting to hear him in all sorts of different sources. You know, whether I'm watching TV or watching a movie or listening to the radio or some random person. You know, it could be somebody that's a complete sinner, and all of a sudden it's the voice of God. You know, speaking through someone, and I'm like, I recognize the Father's voice because why? I'm His son. You know, and, and when we don't understand that, we don't ever hear God. God's not talking to me. You know, and you know, you've heard me talk about it before is that it's like this analog radio station that I might have it in the morning, and then I drive somewhere else, or I, I walk through on my day, and, and my radio station changed. I got to tune them back in. You know, it's like the old, you know, FM, you know, little red light that would turn on. I got to adjust it. You know, I'm listening to the same radio station on one side of Utica, but on the other side of Utica, it's changed. It's like I'm three, you know, clicks away. You know, but when I'm a son or a daughter, I realize He's always right there. He's always right there. Why? He's in me. The same power that rose Christ from the grave dwells within me. You know, He's always, He's a friend that's closer than a brother. That nothing can separate me. You know, sin can't. You know, the enemy can't. His love for me is greater than I could ever know. You know, so it, it's very important that we understand prayer. You know, when you have this mixture, you know, all of a sudden it, it's vague. You know, I don't know what to pray about. You know. I'm unfocused. I can't sit still for more than a few minutes in and pray. Now I'm not saying that you got to spend six hours praying, but all of a sudden it's like I sit down to try to pray, and then three seconds later I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about this and thinking about that, and then I, I try to re-gas, you know, regain my thoughts, and I, I'm praying, I'm praying, and poof, I'm gone again. You know, I'm praying, I'm praying, poof, I'm gone again. Praying, praying, you know, so then I don't want to pray. You know, I don't see my prayers answered because I'm very vague in my prayers. You know, it's very important that we're specific. You know, when we're little kids and, you know, we come to our parents or even Santa Claus at Christmas time, we're very specific about what I want. Even the color, even the style, even the brand. And you need to get this one. You know, but now we're adults and my father's distant. It's like, yeah, if you could. Could what? Yeah, just help. And. And that doesn't mean that help isn't a good prayer, especially when you're in crunch time. But it's it's very important that we get specific about the things that we want to pray about or what we're praying about other people because when we pray specifically and God answers a prayer, we know exactly that the Father was paying attention to what we were praying about. When we pray vaguely, there's all these coincidences that could be reasoned out for some reason or another. But it's always God. God is answering every single prayer. It might be a yes, it might be a no, and a lot of times it's a wait, <clears throat> yay. You know, when we have this orphan mentality and we have people, peers, others, people at the workplace, people in our family, people in recovery, people here, people there, people in church, we're very judgmental, we're very controlling. You know, we know best for them. You know, AA says that I'm the chief critic and I know you want perfection, just as I did. You know that we we don't trust. We can't trust anybody. Why? Because I've been hurt, and this person's left me, and that person's abused me, and that person's cheated on me, and this person stole me, so everybody's going to do that. So I keep everybody at arm's length. I can't trust anybody. Why? Because I still have this mentality that I don't understand that I can't trust God. So God's doing things in my life, and I don't trust Him, so I'm still trying to operate and control my own life because I don't understand that I belong to the Father. You know, so... It's important that we're recognizing some of these things. You know, when I'm a son or a daughter, I'm free to love. I can have confidence. You know, my insecurities are gone. Why? Because I've humbled myself to Jesus, and He's giving me a sense of you know, security, because my identity is in Jesus, not in my performance, not in this world, not in my past, not in my sin, not in what I've been through, not in what you've done to me, not in this, not in that. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. So then, therefore, I can operate as Christ wants me to operate, as loving and generous, and I can have peace, and and I can have, you know, the ability to be around people and not be super critical all the time. You know that when we're judgmental and criticizing everyone, it's a defense mechanism that we've learned to keep everybody at distance and tear people down so I can lift myself up once again. you know, but when I'm a son, I stop paying attention to a lot of those things. I'm not jealous that somebody else has something that I don't because I realize that I have Jesus and he's given me more than I deserve anyway. you know when there's mixture, you know there's a lot of weakness you know there's I rationalize everything you know I'm very self centered You know, it's all about me. You know, if it doesn't benefit me, I'm not doing it. You know, even though I'm doing it for Jesus, I'm still trying to find my own agenda in the midst of it all. You know, and so I understand that I'm doing it for Jesus, but yet there's a big part I'm doing it for me too. You know, and, you know, I really struggle with other people that are doing well. You know, people that are doing... You know, good around me. And I, I rationalize why I don't have to do something. Or I rationalize why I have to do something. There's always this reasoning going on. And there's nothing wrong with reasoning. You know, Isaiah 118 says, Come reasonably. You know, God's giving you this invitation to bring it to Him. But I'm not bringing it to Him. I'm reasoning why I can not bring it to Him. And I'm reasoning why this can happen and that can happen. And that's why I justify my sin. And I make excuses of why I'm doing it. Which basically means I'm just going to do it again. Why? Because I have this laid out, thing in front of me that gives me every reason to be able to escape into plan B and to fall into sin and to do what I want to do and you know and you know, God'll forgive me later. You know, we've we've all played that card once or twice. You know No, it's under the blood. I'll just have to do it first. You know, it's like you know, we're careless in a lot of our actions. You know, obedience. You know, obedience is an orphan, you know, it's self righteous. You know, I'm doing it in my own strength. You know that I don't. I'm not looking for God for strength. You know it. You know I, I'm doing it how I want to do it. You know that. You know it's an obligation. You know it's a duty. You know I, I have to. You know if I don't do it, then I'm not going to be blessed. I, you know I'm joyless. You know I have to look good at all costs. So a lot of times our religious pride helps us to seemingly become to overcome sin. But it's still just in our strength, and we throw a little bit of scripture on it, and we wonder why later on we're falling in these areas. Is because it really wasn't still about Jesus; it was about me, you know, and how I'm doing it, and, you know. So I'm, I'm, still trying to use God to, in, to to get it my way, you know. Obedience becomes this joyful confidence, you know, that we learn that when we're obedient, you know, He gives us the power to change you know through his grace that it's not my actions you know <clears throat> as an orphan as so i'm also very rebellious in my obedience you know and as an orphan you know i look at authority as controlling but when i'm a son or a daughter i look at authority and obedience as protection you know and and it's so important that we, we grasp this, that this principle is interwoven through the Bible, is that when we're disobedient, we're really rebelling against God, not people. You know, and when I'm disobedient to God, I'm saying I'm the Lord, and my way is better than yours. You know, so it's important that we're, we're recognizing and in obedience. We, we can't see you know, when we have the mixture that we're, we're starting to grow, but I get victory for a small amount of time and then I I'm weak again. You know, and I justify again. You know, I have partial victory. You know, I'm rationalizing it. You know, I'm careless in some of my decisions. You know, that you know, I get real close to sin and then wonder why I fell. You know, I can I can talk to that person even though the Holy Spirit's told us not to. You know, and I get and I rationalize it. it's not that big of a deal. You know, I can go hang out in certain places, you know, I can you know, start looking at places on the internet. You know, I can you know, I can don't have food certain foods in my house, but when I go over to somebody else's house and they offer I'm like, oh okay it's not a big deal. <laughs> you know you know like I I lose my standards. You know, I, I I instantly let things slide, you know, because I'm rationalizing things out. You know, in ministry I'm very you know, independent. I do it my way. You know, I'm self-reliant. I don't need anybody. I just need Jesus. You know, when I'm an orphan, you know, because I I'm really not using Jesus. I'm just throwing out the J card so I can do what I want to do. You know, you know, I get burned out real quick because I'm I'm not getting refilled by the my father. I'm doing it all on my own strength. So I'm burning the candle at both ends, and eventually I, you know, I don't have the anointing necessarily. You know, and I'm very boastful. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at how awesome I am. Look at what I'm doing. Look at this, look at that. You know, and then the next thing you know, we fall into sin and we're like, don't pay any attention to me. You know, it's not my fault. You know, it's the devil. The devil might do it. You know, but as a son or a daughter, when we're in ministry, we're believing that God's Spirit works through us. And it's not in my own strength. It's in in Christ in me that, that... you know, any sort of increase is happening. And many years ago, you know, as you know, I've been in ministry for a minute now, that he, he showed me that I'm a seed planter. I plant seeds. You know, and once in a while I get to water somebody else's seed or even water some of the own seeds I've planted. But increase is his. I have no, nothing to do with increase. You know, God wants to, to bring breakthrough. God wants to bring people here. God wants to bring, give someone breakthrough has nothing to do with me it has nothing to do with anything that I've said anything that I've done I plate a part, small part I planted a seed, I may a water to seed but Jesus is the one that brings breakthrough, Jesus is the one that brings fruit in your life it's not me in any way shape or form you know and it helps me stay in perspective also when people run away that they're rejecting Jesus not rejecting me you know I do my best I'm not perfect but because I understand who I am and what God has called me to do I also know my boundaries and my responsibilities you know and that sometimes you know things don't go the greatest you know I've had to bury a few people you know is that my fault you know I, I've analyzed them all you know and you know if I've done something you know and, and a lot of times I take on you know a lot of extra responsibility and Jesus lets me know real quick that it's not your fault you know, when people leave the ministry or people relapse or people run away from God, you know, that it's not us. That's between them and God. You know, and God showed me a long time ago that I just get to be the human in the middle between someone's problem with the Lord. You know, and a lot of times that things come up and people have problems with me, it's really that they have problems with God. And and I just say, I get to be the in-between. You know, I get to be the person you get to be really upset with, but really you have an issue with Him. You know, I just get to be the... The middle man that gets to take all the flesh. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, but we learn Christ's likeness in that. How much more did Jesus get it? You know, I, in all my years, I mean, I, it's just a fraction of what he went through, even in the last few days of his life, the, the persecution that he, you know, the, the, the people that were with him and that abandoned him, you know, the people that were once praising him and just a few days later they're saying, crucify him, crucify him, you know, that. If you really think about it, you know that some of the same people are laying palms down as he's entering the city, or the same people standing in the crowd saying, "Crucify him, crucify him." You know, when he went to the cross, there was only five people there. Out of the thousands of people that he ministered to, out of the thousands of people that he healed, he healed everyone that he ever came in contact with. Out of the thousands of people he, you know, influenced in those three years, there's literally only five people that came to his death. Everybody else is crucifying, crucifying, you know, so when, you know, certain things happen in in ministry, it's just a small little tiny piece of what Jesus went through, you know, and and it teaches me things, and it'll teach us things, you know, we have a a mixture, you know, in our mind about ministry, you know, it's evasive, you know, I'm not ready yet, you know, I gotta learn more, you know, I'm not up to it, why, because I'm still you know, it's my own strength. It's not Jesus through me. You know, I, I'm never ready. You know, I can't do it yet. Why? Because I'm still really selfish, and and I don't want to commit to helping somebody because helping people's messy. You know that. You know, I have this. You know, I don't want to endure it. I don't want to deal with their nonsense. You know, if they would just behave and do everything I tell them to do, then I would be happy to minister to them. Well, that, that's never happened in the history of ever. You know, I remember very clearly. I was a very young leader you know, within my first year or two. And, you know, I had some things going on and, and, you know, I was still very codependent and still had a lot of control issues that hadn't been really worked out yet. And I was really upset. I was angry. Let's just put it plainly. I was angry at some people and, and, you know, they're not doing what I'm telling them to do, yada, yada, yada. And I went to the church, you know, I'm going to pray to them. And I walk into the sanctuary and I just said, God, they're not listening to me. He said, They didn't listen to me. And it's like, Yeah, I'm done with my complaint. (laughs) You know, he was the Messiah. He is the Lord. He literally healed everyone he touched, and even people he didn't touch. He just spoke things and demons would come out and healings would happen miles away. And yet they still didn't believe and trust and listen to him. What makes me in my pride and haughtiness think that anyone's gonna listen to me. You know and it kept me it humbled me real fast, and it just helped me to realize that I have no control what anybody else does. All I can do to the best of my ability is to try to control this lunatic, <clears throat> you know, and I sometimes don't do such a hot job there either suffering as an orphan, you know um that it's punishment you know whenever you know something happens a trial, God's punishing me. And when I'm behaving, you know, I get God's blessing. You know, I can flip flop real quick because I don't understand that that life brings trials. You know, that there's scripture after scripture after scripture that you know Jesus tells us that we're going to suffer for His sake. That life brings suffering. Yay! You know, but when we're have this orphan mentality that God's punishing me right now because I'm having a bad day or I'm going through a difficult trial, you know, but then. You know, tomorrow I'm doing real good. Everything's going great. God's blessed me. You know, I flip flop real fast. <clears throat> you know, that when I'm a son or a daughter, you know, that I believe that God's spirit is working through me. You know, and and through suffering, I grow in my understanding of who Jesus is, and I have to rely on Him through it. You know, and you know that I suffering turns me into more Christ-like. It gives me character. It teaches me to persevere. I, I learned to rely on Him, you know, that I understand that His will is good and pleasing and perfect, and He's working things out in me, that it's not about me, it's all about Him, and that through my suffering, I can still have peace, and I can still, you know, walk through my day without throwing everything away, because, you know, to be honest, you know, I'd have a bad day, and i got to get wasted, you know, I have a bad day, and i got to go do this, I have a bad day, i got to go medicate myself, because I don't realize that I can turn to the Lord. You know, but as a son I realize that my bad days, you know, and sometimes there's crazy things that happen. You know, and you know what doesn't mean that we don't get frustrated, doesn't even mean that we don't get angry at times because things are happening. But the way we handle it's different. I'm not unleashing it on people. You know, I'm I'm frustrated, I'm angry. You know you know <laughs> you know, sometimes you look at your bank account and it has zero money in it or less. You know, and it's like instantly you want to get but you know it doesn't mean you know in the past I'd unleash and yell and scream and you know and, and create chaos you know and now when certain things happen you get flat tires you got negative in your bank account you know like we, you know and you can rationalize alright well this is what I gotta do you know where before it's like you know I'm gonna blow up and I'm gonna destroy some other stuff to make this really hurt real good. You know, and today, you know, we can walk through things a little bit more gracefully that you know, when unbelievers watch how we handle certain situations and how we trust Jesus is what really makes them curious. Not that we're saying anything. That we preach the Gospel through our actions and then we get the opportunity to say things. You know, When we're religious or we have mixture... We're constantly telling and beating people up with the Bible, and it's do as I say, not as I do. Because the second they're not looking, I'm doing the same things they are. That you know, I look no different than the world. You know, you know that when I have mixture, I got to survive this. I got to endure it. You know, I'm numb. You know, God's punishing me. You know, you know that. You know, I, I want to run away all the time. You know that. Anything that goes against my will or against what I think is best, it's got to go. You know, and many of us have done that. You know, many of us have changed cities, and many of us this, many of that, many of us have left jobs, left relationships. Why? Because we're just running all the time. You know, I'm a runner. You know, I've run my whole life. You know, and God's been working real hard get me to sit still, and I don't always agree with it. You know, and it took me many, many, many years to come out of the orphan mentality into true sonship to realize that it doesn't matter what I go through, I have nowhere to go. That He has the words of everlasting life. That He's planted me here in Utica. You know, and it's not always the greatest city to live in. You know, there's, there's not a lot going on here. You know, and there's other cities, that they're like, oh, that's awesome. And, you know, we want to go do this or do that. But in the end, the Holy Spirit said, sit still. And I've argued with Him numerous times and lost. But, you know, yet I've stayed still. And eventually I started really addressing why I wanted to run. And what it was is this orphan mentality in me that I didn't trust Him because of the broken promises of my childhood. You know, and what I started to recognize is that my Heavenly Father never breaks a promise. It doesn't always come in my timing. You know, It's not if He's going to do it. If He said He's going to do it, He will do it. It's not the if, it's the when. We struggle with the when. 'Cause I want what I want when I want it and I want it now and give me two. Maybe three. Four. You know, that and then when I don't get it my way, poof, I'm gone. And when I'm a really good Christian, I'll justify it, and I'll throw scripture on it and wipe the dust from my feet and yada 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 yada. You know <clears throat> you know so you know, I have to understand that that sometimes I need to go through things. You know, God uses these things to teach us things. You know what's my motivation? You know when I'm an orphan, it's all about success. It's all about money. It's all about status. It's all about prestige. It's all about look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Why? Because I don't. My identity isn't in something else. It's in what you think of me. My reputation is more important than anything. You know, and, and God's more concerned with our character. You know, it, it's about approval. I want you to approve. it. It's a man pleasing spirit. I, I constantly want people to like me, and when you don't like me. Let me tell you how I don't like you. You know, and I have very colorful words words that follow suit. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a really nice guy. And so I know you don't like me. And then, oh, watch, I'll give you reasons not to like me, right? You know, you know why? Because, you know, I don't have attachments to people. You know, I'm, I can run away real quickly. You know, the, you know, my motivation is I'm trying to keep the law. I'm trying to behave biblically. You know, so I I set up my regiments. I set up certain things, and I do real good for a while, but then I get burned out, you know, and and then I throw it all away and run away. You know, motivation when I'm a a son or a daughter, God's grace is my motivation, his love, that he saved me. He came and got me, you know, that, you know, I don't deserve it. You know I don't deserve what he's doing in my life. You know it's a it's a miracle that I'm even alive. It's a miracle that I am here. I'm a miracle that I have what I have today. You know that you know I moved to Utica in 2002, coming out of jail with a duffel bag. That's all I owned. You know and I spent many years suffering. You know trying to figure out how to stay sober and eventually trying to figure out this God stuff. And then eventually you know through my sin I surrendered to Jesus and you know he's destroyed. My idea of what God is because He is so much better than anything that I've ever imagined. You know, His grace is just amazing, and I don't deserve it, and yet He pours it out on me. He does things in our lives that are, are He blesses us, He gives us favor, He, 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 he orders our steps in, in such a way that when we, we lay down our lives continually trusting in Him, everything slowly begins to fall into place, and it's like I couldn't have done that if I wanted to. You know, he, he speeds up the equation. And so often we're trying to force it. So often we're trying to get stuff and do stuff. And I want this. And in all our efforts to try, we never can really grasp or get what we're looking for or what we want. And then when we surrender to God, He just lays things at our feet. Like, here, have that. And are like, man, how want not fair? You know, we're constantly thinking that life's fair. You know, but as a son, we realize that it's not fair. I have this undeserved grace that He saved me from the pit of hell, that He laid down His life for me. He gave His blood for me so that I could have freedom. You know, our motivation when we have this mixed up, you know, orphan-son-daughter mentality is that it's, you know, I follow my feelings a lot. You know, I feel this is God. I feel that's God. And God told me this and God told me that. But it's not scriptural, you know, and it, and I'm bouncing all over the place. One minute it's, you know, I, I think this is God, and then when it didn't go my way, well, this must be God. And I'm over here, and no, oh, this is God. And, you know, and you watch people play ping pong with themselves. And Everything's God. And you're like, cause, and when somebody calls the God card, you just go, like, I guess we're gonna find out, aren't we? And it's never them. You know, they always justify how, oh, God changed. You know, God did this. And like. But you, what? Well, you know, and it's like, it's always, nothing's ever scriptural. Everything's always in the instant. Everything's followed by their feelings. And, you know, and they always have some scriptures to, to back it up. You know, and, it, and really what they're doing is chasing their own desires of their own heart. And they're trying to get Jesus to do it their way. You know, if I pray in Jesus' name, He gives me the desires of my heart. But that's sinful. No, it's it's, it's the scripture. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, you know, it's like, you spend a lot of time and Jesus is like scratching his head and be like, Homie, that ain't gonna work, you know. But we're trying to get it. We're trying it. We're trying. It. You know, it's gonna happen my way. You know, we put God in this box and we expect Him to perform. You know, we have this certain way that He's gonna move in our life. You know, and it just doesn't work that way. If He knows that you have a box, He's certainly not gonna move in it. I promise you that. You know, if you put limitations on him, you put expectations on him, you put certain something on him, he's going to be like, hey, hey ole, ole, ole. You know? But, you know, he's just going to stand right next to you and be like, how's that working for you, homie? You know, and it's like, oh, God's good. And like, really? Okay, okay. We'll see. You know, how long is it? you know, eventually we get tired and we repent and we come back and then poof, you know, things begin to move forward. But a lot of times we're trying to get God to do it our way still in Jesus' name. My will be done. You know, and because our motivation is still us, you know, and, and we know enough scripture to be dangerous, you know, and, you know, because God wants me to be happy, you know, God wants you to be obedient so your character can change, so you can serve him and that you can help other people find him, you know, and your happiness comes in the midst of that, you know, why? Because he blesses those, he gives good gifts to his kids, you know, and that he wants to provide for us more than we even realize. Like he wants to do awesome stuff. But when we're still trying to do it our way, we, we limit him, and we don't realize how much better his way is so that we don't allow his way to start to take place so that awesome things can begin to happen in our lives because we're still trying to get it done in Jesus' name. You know, and it's like Sometimes we just need to relax, submit, sit still for half a second, focus on him, stop trying to perform, and the next thing you know, boop, 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 everything starts to fall into place for us. You know so it's very important that you know we, we, we look at the motivations in our heart you know that that he's always you know working things together you know and, and challenging us and breaking us and molding us and, and healing us and, and taking us through to, to, so that we can overcome you know and he, he challenges our motivation a lot because he wants us to have him. Is the only thing that can sustain us, the only thing that's ever going to satisfy us, that if we think some other thing is going to, to, to make us better, you know, in my case anyway, he, he hasn't provided those things. And sometimes if we desire it so much, He'll hand it to us to, to help us to realize that that's not what we really wanted. You know, and, and we get burned out, and, and we get frustrated, and we why didn't this work out? You know, I was praying. He's like, I told you no, but you wouldn't let go. So I said, here, have some of like that. You know, and it's like we have to realize that his way or no way, you know, I got tired of doing it my way. Why? Because every time I do anything, it hurts. You know, and, you know, I had to come to the conclusion that everything that I do my way, everything I touch gets destroyed. You know, Tom's will be done. Tom's will brings disaster in my life and everyone that's close to me. You know, when I surrender to Jesus, it's like He took me off on this crazy adventure and it doesn't make any sense. You know, it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, my motivation is to try to press in and become the man that He wants me to. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I always get it right. It doesn't mean that He isn't challenging me. It doesn't mean that my motivation is not off sometimes. But, you know, quicker and quicker, I'm learning to get back to Jesus. You know, I don't need to go 10 miles down the road anymore. I don't need to go 5 miles down the road. I don't need to go too far down the road. And i like, ooh, you're getting out of balance. You know, what, what's going on? And I, I'm able to check myself, you know, because what God has done, me, you know, done with me and, and healed me and changed me and I've spent time in His Word and I've worked my steps and I know what's going on inside me when certain things start to rise up that I'm able to filter through. I'm able to check myself quicker and quicker. So that I can get back to the, the source. I can get back to the very thing that I want the most, and that's Jesus. You know, I, I don't want what I want. I want Him, even though I still want what I want. You know, and, and it's this balance. You know, there's nothing wrong with some of the stuff that we want. There's nothing wrong with some of the motivations that we want, but how we go about doing it. Are we doing it the old way? Are we doing it His way? You know, and He's always, you know, challenging that. You know, are we going to trust Him? Or are we going to you know, go around the mountain a couple hundred more times? Or are we going to endure and, and, and trust and press in and, and sit still and wait and, and pray and, and believe and have faith? You know, that He's constantly challenging our motivation. So, you know, this is is something that, you know, is, is ever growing. You know, that that we are constantly learning, you know, that just because you, Recognize that Jesus is your Savior and God is your Father doesn't mean that you instantly come out of the orphan mentality. That we do have the Spirit of Adoption that, that comes upon us and that we are instantly adopted into His family, but we don't always let go of our old ways, do we? Our old coping mechanisms, our old you know manipulative mannerisms and, and abilities. You know, we we still try to do it our own way. We try to control. We try to manipulate. We try to you know. Get certain things to take place, you know that that you know as you grow, you know and and God begins to heal you and you begin to do it His way. You'll start to recognize how you're handling it more like a son and a daughter than you used to, you know and, and you know I <clears throat> you know we're always growing in it, you know Jesus is the only, you know He's uh, He's the He's really the the firstborn, you know He's God's son, you know in the sense that He's the only one that was able to walk through this completely obedient. Why? Because he knew that God was his father. Because he actually was. You know that we're we're adopted into the kingdom. So that he wasn't technically our father, even though he is the one that created us. And we're learning how to to uh, you know have this relationship with our heavenly father. And a lot of times, the pain that of our natural father gets in the way of our relationship with our heavenly father. So if there's things still in your life with your parents, you know if you had some issues with your parents and none of us have ever had perfect parents because our, our parents were sinners even if they had Jesus and even if they didn't you know they're not perfect so you know they've given us some of the stuff that their parents gave them and their parents gave them and it's a history of, of things that get passed down you know and we're learning to to walk things out and change and to heal you know a lot of us do things that our parents do and it makes us angry you know <laughs> you know and it's like oh i hate that about that person oh i do that you know and it's like why because they're your parents you know they, they pass it on they're in your genes they they taught you stuff and sometimes you know you learn stuff even though you know why because you're partially them you know but we belong to the heavenly Father and as we work through some of our resentments and, and fears and betrayals and abandonment and rejection issues you know and we start to lay those things down at the, the feet of Jesus and believe that the blood of Jesus is it's covering us that we come into oneness with Him, that we begin to get closer and closer to our Heavenly Father. You know, when I first started coming around, you know, I was all right with the Jesus. Talk about Jesus all you want. Holy Ghost was really weird, and people did really weird stuff when you start talking about the Holy Spirit. So you can take your weirdness and go over there with it, and do all your weird stuff over there. Just talk to me about Jesus and that Father stuff. You can leave that stuff at home. I don't want to hear nothing about the Father. Why? Because I had all these resentments and bitterness towards my dad and. You know, and and God's healed me and helped me through and and processed, you know, and and stuff still comes out every now and again that, you know, I had a a great mom. She was always there for me, but, you know, she's a sinner, and she made her mistakes, and I've made my mistakes, and and parents are parents. They're not perfect, you know, and and sometimes we carry on certain things because we hold our parents to the status of superheroism, you know, and that we expect them never to, to be sinners, and yet they are you know, and, you know, life's life, you know, we, we do the best that we can, you know, and, you know, and sometimes we had good parents, and sometimes we didn't have bad parents, and sometimes our parents took off on us, and, you know, and there's different, Then we lose parents, you know, and there's a variety of different things that cause wounds, you know, and we take those wounds to Jesus, why? Because He suffered for our sake, and, we, and through that, we grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father and His love is bestowed upon us through Jesus and the Holy Spirit guides us and through this you know, crazy relationship that we build and we spend time in His Word and we learn who He really is and not the Hallmark movie that we watched and not some documentary that we watched and not some conversation that we had and not some super spiritual belief that we had and not some religious nonsense that we got. You know. And we start to learn about who He really is it changes us forever, you know, and it's it's important to investigate all the characteristics. We need to learn about the Father. We need to learn about Jesus. We need to learn about the Holy Spirit because they're the Godhead, and they're all, you know, Holy Spirit's a man. He's not a feeling. He's not a presence. Jesus is, you know, a really cool dude. You should get to know him, you know, and the Father, and He loves us. You know, He set this whole thing up so that we could have freedom. So, you know, it's important that we spend some time trying to investigate these things, you know. A lot of the things that I was mentioning tonight, you know, it, it's uh, it's hitting home. Then, you know, it doesn't mean that you should have shame or condemnation. It just means that you got some things to be praying about working on and talking about and asking Jesus to heal and change you and transform you. You know, that we all, every single one of us, has something in the orphan category in this room. Every single one of us. You know, more than we'd want to admit. And some things that we got in the sons and daughter category. You're like, I got that one. Whew, I thought I was screwed, you know. And sometimes we got stuff in the mixture, which means that we're we're not where we used to be, but we're not where we're supposed to be, you know. And we're growing, and we got to reevaluate, and we got to bring before, and we got to repass some of the things, and we got to, you know, adjust our perspective, you know. And we're all growing. None of us woke up today, just, you know, Christlike, you know, in a sense that, and tomorrow either, you know, we didn't wake up. I got this Jesus stuff down, you know. It's like, no, we got work to do. Why? you know because that's what he's calling us to do is to be more like him you know and and how we do that is that we recognize the areas that we fall short and we don't boast about the things that we got right because it's Jesus in us you know and we we constantly give him the credit and we can boast in our weakness so that he can be glorified and shown strong and we constantly keep working we're constantly trying to change we're constantly trying to heal we're constantly bringing things before him You know, so that we can be walking as true sons and daughters. You know, that we know who we are, that our identity is completely in Christ and not in our junk and not what we think and not in our past and not in our sin and not what we've been through, not in this world, but in Christ. And that's what all of us want. Would you just bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I thank you that you adopted us and we didn't deserve it, Lord, you came and got us into the depths of our darkness, Lord, and I just ask that you would just help us to grow in this, Lord. Some of us weren't aware of some of these things, and now that we are, Lord, that the light has been shining on the strongholds of the darkness, Lord, that we can begin to address some of these things and recognize some of these things and study some of these things so that we can find more healing and find more of you and become who you've called us to be and begin to walk in freedom and have liberty in our life and truly know what your freedom really is. That who you set free is free indeed. And there's days that we don't feel free, Lord. And, and part of it is, is some of this stuff and part of it's still some of the junk we got to work out. But Lord, we ask that you would guide us and teach us and change us into who you've called us to be. And that is your true sons and daughters. And I just thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.